0: This is GSAP Conversations from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning, and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dean Amal Andraos. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm
1: Sritama from the AAD program. And I'm Yuling from the EMARC program. Thanks for listening to the fall 2019 season of GSAP Conversations. This semester, we heard from numerous experts and leaders in the field, with episodes spanning locally sensitive design culture-making architecture, social equity in the built environment, and experimental modes of practice. This is our last episode of the year. We are taking a break from our weekly publishing schedule over the holidays and will return with new episodes in January for the spring 2020 semester. In today's episode, Dean Amal Andraus is in conversation with architect and educator Emmanuel Christ. Christ is the founding partner of Christ and Gantenbein, a leading architectural practice based in Basel, Switzerland, whose work is known for its bold form and versatile material uses. In their conversation, Emmanuel Christ discusses how he integrates his architectural approach into curriculum design while teaching at ETH Zurich. He also compares architectural education in Europe to the US and reflects on the next generation of emerging architects. This podcast is produced by Columbia Giuseppe. You can find more about us on arc.columbia.edu. Happy
0: holidays. We will be back in the new year. Hi, Emmanuel. It's really a great pleasure to finally have you here to present your work. You've been here on reviews and it's always been wonderful to hear your thoughts. And although you have an a unbelievably accomplished practice across Europe, I wanted maybe to start with your teaching because unlike other architects in Europe, I mean, you really uh, are committed to the kind of academic world. You have become a full professor at ETH Zürich, and, uh, and you've taught also here in the U.S., at Harvard and other places. So I guess starting with teaching, I was wondering, what have you been focusing on lately, and how do you see the differences maybe between the approach um, in Europe and what you've seen across the schools here, at least in the Northeast, let's say?
1: Speaking of teaching and the schools in the U.S., I would like to first uh, thank you for inviting me, for having me here at Columbia at the GSAP. I'm always in, enormously enjoying to, 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 to visit this place, your school. So thank you very much for that. Asking about the relationship uh, between practice and teaching on the one hand, and the relation or the difference probably between teaching the academic the academic um, context of a European school in in relation and in comparison with a school like Columbia or the GSD at Harvard. I mean, there is many differences, actually. What um, I consider the most important is that uh, we at ETH, we are still trying to keep up the tradition of a technical university. I'm not saying this is necessarily what I think we should do, but that's what's happening. And this means there is not a very clear distinction or um, a rupture or, um, let's say, a strong difference between bachelor and master. I Uh think this is, uh, speaking structures, this is quite an important difference um, because at ETH there is a will and an attempt by the school to keep the students, ideally, from the first year up to the last year Mm -hmm. this of course implies um, some exchange programs and everything so there is a certain dynamic in it but still there is a a wish for continuity Uh probably within Uh the system and that's something that i um, consider fundamentally different so when i was teaching here in the us you typically would have a student and she is a mathematician or a musician or, or all these things that we know that I found extremely enriching. Right. This is different. Yeah, that's maybe one thing.
0: Right. Mm. Interesting. I guess the other kind of difference, maybe, and and this probably is changing, is a uh, there's always maybe been a sense that the kind of critical discourse and exploration, you know, of these realms is. Um, to a fault, sometimes more pursued. I don't know if it's still the case in the kind of U.S. schools or is that still a kind of relevant difference? I mean...
1: Yes, perhaps in a way, what I would typically tell when people are asking me about my experience in the U.S., I say, look, the way students are committed, how self-confident in a good way Humble and self-confident at the same time, an American student is, this is something I find extremely touching. So there is critical thinking, yes. There is insisting on making the project, the problem, his or her own. So an identification with the task, the assignment, to the extent that it becomes a real academic mm-hmm. work. Whereas in, in in Switzerland or in Europe, I experience very often that the students are a bit more defensive and they're more waiting. Uh-huh. They are maybe not that much um, involved on a personal level sometimes. I mean, we have to see uh, whether course, this is course. really yeah, true. Yeah, but yeah. I think, in a, as a general, as a general um, experience, perhaps. But on the other hand, a Swiss student in terms of professional skills. Right. has a different development yeah Uh, so that's maybe a bit I mean it's a a cliche it's not necessarily a very new um, um, observation but I to a certain extent would confirm that
0: it's interesting obviously because in your own practice you are really bringing you know these two dimensions together and you know I was thinking about the introduction tonight and I thought you know, it's it's amazing. The work has such a certainty and an incredible presence. And, you know, at a time when architecture is so insecure about its place in the world and, and in some ways rightly questioning its, you know, contribution over the past two decades, I think there's a kind of affirmation of architecture in the work that is quite beautiful and, and inspiring. But then... you you know, it gets, that certainty gets sort of more playful and undone in the material and the kind of technique of building uh, where, you know, some of the refinement sort of starts to undo a little bit the, the kind of single sort of monumentality. And so I wanted to kind of hear a little bit more about this play between the boldness of the gesture and the presence, but then the work on the materials and, you know, unbelievably, like a threshold is really thought about as something, right? That, that where A lot of the kind of critical dimension or your thought happens very much so also at that scale of materiality, detail, you know, which goes back to this incredible skill that I think sometimes we feel we don't engage so much here.
1: Yes, probably the detail and the making is something that is still very important in Switzerland. In Europe, generally, I don't know. But of course, in that sense, we, we are working and uh, in this Swiss tradition, and it's important to us. But what uh, I find interesting about your question about this, let's say, maybe also a certain tension between, between the conceptual approach to an architectural project seen as a critical and um, also political project, right. you know? And then this very careful, maybe self-confident gesture of making a building that is rock-solid. And this this is an interesting question. And, and, you know, at the moment we are teaching or we conceived a, a, a second year studio. So I think we could call it core um, yeah. um, studio here at Columbia. And so we're doing that at ETH at the moment, uh-huh. which is a totally new experience to us. And so we built up a sort of a fundamental course that goes over one year. So two terms, two semesters. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm telling you this in relation to the question of where are we also as practitioners? Because the course that we set up is called Ideal Real. You know, Very simple. So the first semester is called Ideal Architecture. So it's about this aspiration and this too high ambition of making architecture in an almost ideal way. So it is basically trying to isolate, even to a certain extent, the problem of form. This is a big discussion. Can we isolate form from other aspects? In the end, I think we can't. It's related to typological, to many, many other um, aspects that then, in the end, tie architecture back to life. So that takes me to the second step, then, after the students have developed their ideas and ambitions, let's say, about form and architecture uh, in its pure essence, they are confronted. With what we call the the reality in the here and now. So the second term, real architecture, is then confronting this idealism, maybe this naivete that I think you have to have as an architect still um, with all the constraints and the conditions of contemporary life. And only With this second half, we speak about our discipline as a relevant discipline, meaning the social, political, economical impact, the urban condition. This is all what I think we have to confront ourselves with. What I'm trying to say by comparing or confronting ideal and real is that coming back to my own practice in every project, we are trying to fight that battle between the ideal and the real. So I think there is still a naive hope or expectation to create a form that stands for itself. But of course, it's always a statement. It can be subversive. It can be maybe also confirm, confirming. Bring. It can be slightly changing or radically opposing. But in the end, we are insisting in our work on, let's say, the format of architecture itself.
0: It reminds me, uh, we first met uh, in Ordos as part of the <laughs> Ordos 100 project. and. That tension was so just skin deep at that moment. I mean, we all came with our idealism and were confronted to a pretty hardcore realism of the context we were asked to operate within. And so I was you know, wondering whether this is also something that has joined us as a generation, this, this kind of trying to bring together um this idealism and realism and if you if you believe that the generation exists or matters in architecture or do you find that that tension is something that we share or or i mean we've been called like the more pragmatic generation the very practice oriented generation so I, i'm wondering whether you feel that the, this is a interesting frame
1: I find the question of the generation a very interesting and a very true frame to my own reflections on on where I am, where we are as a practice, Christopher and I as as a partnership. I mean, this is this moment also maybe of the mid-career reflection. reflection. (laughs) And um, you were speaking about the carefully executed threshold, you know, (laughs) in a museum, for instance, or something. But I I think the threshold is interesting, not only as an architectural element on the floor or somewhere uh, at a frame of a door of a doorway. It is also, metaphorically speaking, a threshold that we are, that we are sort of um, maybe just passing over at the moment. And in that sense, our generation is a threshold generation, as probably every generation. Yes. But, you know, I- I'm born in 1970. So this is interesting. Adolf Loos, for instance, was born 1870. Yeah? This is these moments, this kind of... Which was it, a very big... I mean, they, th- that was a generation at the time Fully um, brought up in the 19th century and trying to sort of make the step into the 20th century and creating different versions of a, of a modern of a modern project, and we are yeah. fully, fully brought up in the 20th century, and I feel that I'm. I'm, Dinosaurs. I'm a dinosaur in a way, I'm, I'm, it's true. Eh? We are we yeah. are probably both and yeah. all of us. Yeah. I mean, we have our, our practical and theoretical yeah. instructions a, and inspirations that we got them from, from, uh, let's say, this very successful generation of, of the global star architects yeah. that are uh, sort of were um, big at the end of the 20th century. Yeah. And now what do we do with that? I think this is a very interesting yeah. question, and we are trying to exactly combine maybe the naive and sometimes also a slightly overambitious idealism of that maybe old time yeah. um, with the challenges and also the expectations of a new world. And and we're trying to find our position in the saving some of the old um, certainties and on the other hand, to complete the question everything.
0: Well, it is definitely, uh, I think you put your finger on it. I, it feels like an unbelievable seismic change, obviously, of dismantling of old structures and uh, and something new is is coming out, you know, with a lot of suffering and, and angst. But, uh, but it definitely, I was, uh, you know, we've been with the Buell Center and the school, we've been doing this series of courses around the question of the Green New Deal and how that could be engaged uh, across architecture and, you know, planning, etc. And it was just yesterday at the Queen's Museum. There was an all-day event organized by the Buhl Centers and AIA and others and and the Queen's Museum. And there was this kind of unbelievable 17-year-old, you know, organizer of the climate strikes. You know, she spoke, and it's so inspiring. And you realize that future that uh, we are... Part of it, not really, that we have to support is a very different one. And um, so coming back to teaching, uh, you know, as we are supporting the next generation and framing their positions again, like just what is your feeling in terms of the kinds of questions that they are? I mean, there are the questions that we are bringing to our time. What are the questions that are bubbling up from the students? Do you feel
1: you were mentioning the, the new Green Deal? So environmental yeah. Concerns are at the forefront. That's, no, that's I feel the same. It's obvious in, in, in Switzerland and all over the world and also in Europe very strongly. It is maybe sort of evident that human beings would in the first place start to sort of react and fix the problem, especially in the context of a, of a technical school, right. meaning that the concern and also the anxiety, the fear of what's happening to the resources of the planet is, is uh, approached strongly with ideas of of solving the problem by inventing um, technologies, uh, you know, material saving procedures right. in creating structures and, and so on. And I think to a certain extent, this is also right. So because uh, on a philosophical level, I'm asking myself very often, you know, how much optimism and positivism is possible in the context of such a big problem and that awareness that we all start to share. So this is interesting, and I feel there is a certain optimism still with the, with the young generation, at least in this academic framework, where there is a self-understanding of we know we can probably find strategies and methods. The other thing that I feel, in, in, a, in a way, almost more pressing and more present with our students um, is a deep uncertainty about the future of the profession mm-hmm. that goes beyond, let's say, questions of environmental um, problems and threads. It's more also about the digital world. What, what? How does it affect our profession in the future, our discipline, you know? And there, I must admit, the way we teach, our threshold generation, the way we're still trying not to preserve, but maybe to hand down things that we developed to the next generation is feels a bit outdated. We are using the digital. Obviously, we do that in our studios, in our practice, and I'm sure it's the same here. But the big theme is AI, right. for instance. And I don't know, we are at the moment only, it's, it's a concept still, but we, we are considering in a collaboration with somebody at ATH, with Benjamin Dillenburger, to sort of challenge our way of designing by using um, artificial intelligence that then is using the uh, repository of architectural forms because as you probably know, our teaching and also our design method in the office has a lot to do with appropriation, using, let's say, an accumulation of, of knowledge and out of that by reinterpretation and changing, creating new forms of knowledge. And of course computers, in theory at least, could help doing that. And now me as a young student, what is it telling to me? I mean. Am I sort of still needed in the future? This is a big question.
0: Well, one, I'm very happy to hear that there is optimism, you know, on the kind of technological invention side. Um, And to the AI question, uh, you know, I I think it's true. It's crucial. Um, that we look at the consequences. And I guess, I mean, here we're launching a program, hopefully next year on the intersection of kind of computational, it's called computational design practices, right, is sort of engaging with beyond the digital. Um, still, maybe the, you know, the thing that we share with the students is is not so much the skill, but the ability to ask questions and to sort of Think critically and creatively. And, I, and maybe this is still what we carry on, right? The sort of not the actual knowledge, but the knowledge of how to get the knowledge. <laughs> uh,
1: ab- absolutely. I was, I was about to say, I mean, yes, there is a certain optimism. And by the way, I profoundly believe that this is the only way that, that we can also teach a young generation. I mean, we have to be. I am optimistic, but at the same time, of course, I'm very often very depressed and I'm also critical. And you're totally right what we can teach our students. And this is in the tradition of, of the big theories of the Enlightenment and so on. But still, eh, you use your own critical mind. You you are an emotional. Every human being is an emotional and a rational or has an emotional and a rational um, side. And I think what our students should take with them is an optimism in the sense that they have also to know there is a there is a role I have to play, I have to be critical, I have to be subversive I have to, to fight for my impact as a human intellectual being because this is what I think matters it's of, of course beyond the digital right. and beyond technological developments in all fields. It is about my role as a human being and as a member of the society, and in that sense, ultimately in architecture and in other disciplines, we are um, teaching or Encouraging citizens, and uh, I think that's what we're doing at the end.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you for this inspiring call to action in a thoughtful way. I'm very excited to hear you speak further tonight. Thank you, Emmanuel. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you. This podcast was produced by Columbia GSAP. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu.